Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fringes of the Faith podcast. I'm Pastor Paul Henderson. I'm the Administrator Pastor at Capstone Church. And today, we are going to be talking about ghosts and apparitions. So I thought it was kind of fitting to uh, introduce this topic with a well-known classic. Anyway, today I have with me Pastor Parky Coburn, Senior Pastor of Capstone Church. Welcome. Welcome hey, back, Pastor well, Parky. It's great to be here. Well, what do we know about ghosts? Uh, are they in the Bible? Um, that's what this podcast is really geared for, is to talk about those, those obscure parts of our faith, those fringe elements that are in the Bible that we normally don't really get to talk about uh, during sermons and, and during normal uh, church services. And so today we're going to be talking about this phenomenon in the Bible regarding, uh, regarding ghosts, but um, let's talk about what a ghost is first. Okay. Um, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines ghost as the seat of life or intelligence. This refers to the soul of a person, uh, a disembodied soul, the soul or spirit of a dead person inhabiting the unseen spirit realm or a spirit or demon. And in the King James Bible translation, the word ghost appears 108 times. 108 times the word ghost appears. Uh, but here's the thing. The word ghost was never used to describe disembodied spirits of the previ uh, previously living. Not in the Bible, anyway. Mm -hmm. It was used to describe the soul of a person or the Holy Ghost or spirit. Right, right. Yeah, I, I know in the King James Version. Uh, Holy Ghost was used a lot of times. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the Hebrew word for ghost is gava, which means the the last breath, mm -hmm. the last breath of someone as they die. To give up the ghost yeah. is to give up your last breath. Mm -hmm. uh, the other Hebrew word for ghost is nefesh, which is similar to gava in that they both connotate the death of a breathing creature. Mm -hmm. So those those instances they both refer to the last breath and and interestingly the greek word mm -hmm. used in the new testament for ghost is pneuma uh, which is also related to breathing uh, or a breeze or a current of air something like that that's where we get the word pneumonia mm -hmm. uh, pneumatic mm. which all deal with with air with with breath yeah. um, and then there's one more greek word used in the new testament for ghost which is ekpusko which literally means to say expire. That again. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me to say that again. <laughs> Ekpusko. Okay. Or espusco. That's better. Am I saying it right? You know, espusco. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> when that means to literally expire or die. And here's the thing. That's where we get the word spook, spooky, like a spook or a ghost. Espusco. Ah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. So in, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word ghost appears to relate to the last breath someone gives up when they die. It doesn't refer to a disembodied spirit of the dead. Right, right. Yeah, when you look at the instances, for sure, as you were talking about there, uh, and you really go through the Bible and you begin to study, uh, you just don't see really any, or I, would, I don't want to say any, but I would say very few instances of of a disembodied spirit or someone coming back to life uh, just as a, an apparition right. after they've already passed. 
Right. And so uh, it doesn't refer really to disembodied spirits of the dead that are lingering around the living, that are haunting houses, Mm -hmm. that are causing objects to move or lights to flicker or people to to levitate. Uh, That's Hollywood. Mm -hmm. That's Hollywood. So what does the Bible say about disembodied spirits, though? I mean, it does, it does talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's look at some of the, uh, the scripture that describes the phenomenon we call ghosts or apparitions or phantoms or mm-hmm. whatever label right. you want to put in it. So here we're first introduced to this concept in Leviticus mm-hmm. chapter 19. God is giving Moses instructions for social order. And he's talking about not shaving the sides of the beard or disfiguring the edges of the beard and not prostituting your children. Some pretty good, you know, tips for social order, right? For sure. But then it gets kind of strange. In verse 28, God tells Moses to tell the Israelites, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you for the dead. I am the Lord. Mm -hmm. Now, we know from the historical account that the Canaanites were pagan. They were polytheistic. They, they believed in different gods, and they had many different rituals. Uh, and they sacrificed children to their idols, and they would cut themselves and tattoo themselves in an attempt to conjure up spirits of the dead. In Leviticus 19.28, God is telling the Israelites not to do what the people of the land right. were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very clear direction for sure. Mm-hmm. He says, be separated from them. Yeah. And now we, we know the word for separated is unique, mm-hmm. and that is actually translated as holy. Yeah, Be holy, be separate, mm-hmm. uh, because God is holy. Don't get caught up in the rituals and in their spiritism, which we call today the occult. Yeah. Okay. In verse 31, the Lord says this, Give no regard to mediums or familiar spirits. Do not seek after them to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Now, no. Okay, now that's interesting. What's a familiar spirit? Okay, yeah, I, I mean we'll, we'll we'll answer that in just a second. But that but that's real interesting that the scripture says that involvement with that defiles. Okay, I caught that too. I thought that was so uh, telling. Yeah, it's not just something you could do that has no effect upon you. It it, it says that it, it defiles you. It just this is not about it making God angry. You know, I think some people struggle. Well, God's got some kind of great big ego or whatever, and he just wants to boss us around, tell us what to do and what not to do, and it's about him. But what that scripture says, Pastor Paul, is that saying that involvement in that activity has a negative impact upon us. Mm-hmm. And and so God's giving us this instruction uh, to actually as a form of protection, as a, as to protect us and to keep us safe from these spirits. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so he doesn't want us to be defiled. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so it's really more of a, an order for protection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. And so uh, we talk about a familiar spirit. And actually, did you know that uh, Merriam-Webster defines a familiar spirit? Yeah. It says that it's a spirit or demon that serves or prompts an individual. That's weird. Serves an individual. Yeah. Okay. So who's this Miriam Webster? No, I, I didn't know if you knew her. <laughs> I, don't I, know I think her. that's two people actually with the same think with a different last name. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how the world defines. What's the matter with you, Miriam? Who you think you know so much? <laughs> that's how the world defines uh, a familiar spirit, which is the exact opposite 
it's the exact opposite of what the Bible says about these spirits or right. demons. Uh, yes. They they don't serve humans. They hate humans. Yeah, I think what we one of the things we want to try to make clear to people today is I, I really believe that there are a lot of folks out there that think that there are people out there uh, for some reason, and I'm not making fun of this, but there are people out there that are ghosts. The, the actual spirit of someone is out there mm -hmm. and uh, roaming around for whatever reason. And, uh, and in reality, as we were leading off with, the Bible uh, really gives very little emphasis, puts very little emphasis or truth on such a, on such a thought process. There aren't people just floating around out here that for some reason haven't made it to heaven yet. Right. They're in some kind of transitory state. But what are these things? Because we know, and we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, that we know that there is a spiritual world and there are beings that inhabit that. Right. And so the Lord says, do not be defiled by them. In other mm -hmm. words, don't be polluted by them. Don't be corrupted. Don't be dishonored by them. Don't be ruined or degraded by them. Uh, to me, that means that familiar spirits and, and, and the mediums and necromancers used to contact them have the power to defile a person that seeks after them because you've given them that authority. You, you've given them the power to do that to you. Yeah, and that's a big point as we move forward. Uh, and as you're thinking about or, or wondering in your own mind, those of you that are watching, listening, as you're wondering in your own mind, is this a legitimate thing to be able to communicate with this spirit world? It's important for you to remember that, that, that there's a defiling that comes through that. Um, uh, it's like I said before, it's not just a harmless activity. Mm -hmm. there's, a, there, there's danger in that. It's very real danger. And, and just the fact that you can be defiled by it, mm -hmm. uh, which means that you can be degraded, you can, you can be tormented basically there's yeah. another word to use you can be tormented by that yes. that's reason enough right there not to not to not to open those doors exactly i mean for exactly. no other reason than if you want to be tormented well i don't i don't know who anybody mm -hmm. wants to be tormented that no, way no. so let's look at deuteronomy chapter 18 because god is giving moses and aaron the laws of the priesthood and the prophets and, and in verse 9 chapter 18 verse 9 god says when you now he's speaking to the israelites when you the Israelites come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. He goes on to say in verses 10 and 11, There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire. That's that child sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Or one who practices witchcraft. Okay, there you go. Or a soothsayer. Okay. Or one who interprets omens. Uh, tarot cards right. can be thrown in there or, you know, the palm Crystal readers, balls, mm -hmm. crystals or a sorcerer or one who conjures spells. There's witchcraft mm -hmm. um, or a medium or a spiritist. Now that's the word that I, I see used today. Yeah. A lot is spiritist mm -hmm. or spiritual guide right. or one who calls up the dead. Why is this? Um, verse 12 tells us exactly why because it says this in verse 12 for all who do these things are an abomination to the lord uh, here's what abomination means um, it's not just some you know they're like the lord doesn't favor that he doesn't mm -hmm. want you to do that an abomination is an atrocity uh, it, it's barbaric it's, yeah. it's it's an outrage mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, an abomination is an outrage in the face of God. And so there is another good reason not to seek after uh, these familiar spirits or these mediums. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, for a period of my life before I was saved, uh, I kind of dabbled in this a little bit. And, and you have to be very careful. You, you don't want to do that, brothers and sisters or people that are listening out there. You, don't, you really don't want to do that because uh, what's on the other side of that veil as you begin to stretch into that is, are, is things that misrepresent themselves, m- lie and mislead, and ultimately have, Pastor Paul, uh, we haven't, we'll get to this, but ultimately have a goal in contacting you. They have mm-hmm. a goal. Yes, they do. And we'll talk about that a little more in a little, a little bit. Yeah, they, they have a motivation and mm-hmm. they, they have a strategy behind it. And it's not to help you. No, it's not. Um, and so what are these familiar spirits? Are, are, I mean, are they ghosts of the dead? God, God says not to call up the dead. So does that mean that they can be called up? And we find, believe it or not, there is an account in the Bible. Yeah. It's a story about King Saul. And King Saul goes and he visits a medium, a witch, mm-hmm. in the town of Endor. Mm-hmm. And so this is located in 1 Samuel chapter 28. And this describes King Saul meeting with this medium. And he asks her to call up the prophet Samuel from the dead for him. And so the woman does. And uh, for his trouble, uh, Samuel tells Saul that God has fulfilled the prophecy spoken about King Saul, about his kingdom being torn from him and given to, to David. But it doesn't end there. So Saul has this medium call up the spirit of Samuel looking for an answer. And you can talk a little bit about uh, what, what Saul, why Saul did this. What, why would he go to a medium? Well, if you go back and you refresh yourself about the the story, Saul uh, had been in disobedience to God. Mm-hmm. He had been walking in actually unrepentant disobedience. I mean, as a matter of fact, Samuel, before he died, had confronted Saul, uh, you know, about not completely destroying right. the Amalekites. What, and, is, what is the sound of the sheep yeah, bleeding in my ears? You yeah. know, God gave you explicit dis- instructions, and as his representative on the earth, as king and leader of Israel underneath the real king, you should f- follow those instructions to the letter. And Saul didn't. Right. And when Samuel confronted him, Saul... The, taught us a lesson about false repentance and what it really is. You know, Saul never really truly repented for that. Well, uh, being a leader of Israel, he holds great responsibility for what he does. And so God, for lack of a better term, God kind of went quiet on him. He did. He went, he, he went quiet on him until silence, Saul yeah. would come into agreement with what God had spoken to him, mm-hmm. which was he needed to repent. He needed to get that right. And Saul never did it. So that silence, Saul got himself into a situation where he needed to hear from God and refusing to repent for other actions. uh, God wasn't speaking to him because he wasn't obeying what God had already told him. And so therefore he goes to a witch to try to, uh, to get an answer. So what you're saying is because, okay, so God, uh, so King Saul got himself in a pickle. 
Mm-hmm. He was about to go to war with the Philistines. Yes. And he really wanted an answer. Should I go or should I not? Lord? Right. And God wasn't speaking to him because Saul had created an obstacle, mm-hmm. a spiritual obstacle between him and God. So God wasn't giving him the answer. And so what does King Saul do? He decides to take matters into his own hands. And yes. he goes around God. He goes around him. And he seeks a medium to get the answer. He goes to a scripturally uh, illegal, if you want to say, mm-hmm. prohibited source. And that's that's a lesson to all of us, really, because, you know, it's kind of folly on our part. If God is telling us to do things through his word and spirit to spirit, and he's telling us to do things, and we willfully disobey those things, then to to move forward and think that God's just going to continue to lead us and guide us and direct us and give us even greater revelation and great responsibility is mm-hmm. folly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, God builds in our life faith by faith, line upon line. And uh, if we have proven unfaithful in, in, in his instructions uh, and we're not acting on them as he has directed us to, then God uh, has no obligation to give us any further direction other than this. Repent and right. do what I told you to do first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so what was the what was the finality of this for King Saul? Um, well, he went out to battle. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, he didn't get the answer that he wanted from Samuel. Boy, he didn't. And you know, an interesting thing, you and, I, you and I kind of discussed this at one point in time. An interesting thing to me is this is a witch, and apparently she's pretty well known because some people in Saul's household knew about her. Mm-hmm. And so she was experienced in conjuring up and contacting these, this spirit, these spirits in this spiritual world. And so this dude comes in. She doesn't know it's Saul, but he says, she says, who do you want me to call up? And, and he says, Samuel. Well, she knew who he was talking about. But when she calls this guy up, Samuel up, we don't know really what happened. I, I may not know until we get to heaven. I don't think we will, but she just flips. Yeah, she flipped out. I mean, you know, rather than being calm in that world, which she dealt with all the time, all of a sudden she got really scared. Mm-hmm. Revelation started coming and, uh, it, 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 what she saw tripped her out, flipped her out, tripped her out. I'm sorry. That's, that shows my age. It flipped her out. Mm-hmm. It did. And, it, and so maybe, uh, it was the ghost of Samuel, uh, cause she described the guy, yeah. she described who was coming up yeah. and, and Samuel, if it is Samuel says, why are you disturbing me? And yeah. so it, it could be. And so the Bible says it was, I mean, it says it, it with Samuel and the Lord warns us not to do this. So yeah. maybe it happened uh, as, as an example of be careful what you're asking for. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all that here, here you are trying to go around God to do something. And all of a sudden uh, God divinely intervenes mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and Saul, it could have been, Saul's spirit. He could have been uh, a, a, a Saul, an appearance of Saul. Samuel. Yeah. Sa- uh, Samuel, right. excuse me. It's You're okay. right. Thank it's you right. for keeping me it's straight. Okay. <laughs> because we do see that later in the New Testament mm-hmm. uh, when Jesus and, and the inner circle of disciples were on the Mount of Transfiguration mm-hmm. when Jesus appeared with Moses and Elijah. So it is possible that could have been Samuel, that God divinely intervened in that situation. And brothers and sisters, that was a product. If that happened, 
And that was Samuel. That was a product of God. Right. Exactly. That was not controlled by Satan. That yeah. would have been God's divine intervention right. in that exactly. situation. And, and that medium had nothing to do yes. with this with this calling up Samuel if it was mm -hmm. Samuel. Um, and, and again, like you said, that's one of those mysteries. That's one of the mysteries that, that may not be solved until we're in the presence of of God. So let's, let's talk about communicating with the spirit world real okay. quick. So Isaiah chapter eight, verse 19 says, and when they say to you, now they it can be translated as the world, the yes. culture. When they say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? That's interesting because here, this is a perfect description of King Saul doing exactly this shouldn't he have sought God and but he did right so right. he sought God but there was an obstacle that mm -hmm. prevented him that, that closed his ears he was prevented from being able to hear from God because of the sin in his life and so what happens when we go against the will of God when we go against his commandments and, and we set out to behave in such a way that God calls it an abomination or, or uh, an atrocity uh, the short answer we open doors we open door. If you're a believer, here's the thing. If you're a believer, we open doors that the Lord previously closed for us. He closed that door. When Jesus died and he rose again, he took authority away from the familiar spirit realm, the demonic realm, and he shut the door in its face. And so when we engage in the activities that contradict what Jesus came to do, we open the door. We open that door back up to the demonic realm. And once it's open, uh, we know from Scripture that it's very, very difficult to close. Boy, I tell you that, for those of you that are listening, that is the reason that this is prohibited. Not to keep you from enlightenment or, or all of these other things. I mean, you, we can go all the way back to the garden and see that mm -hmm. Satan's input about the things of God to Eve were false. They were a lie, trying to give her life direction. Uh, you know, all he sold her was a lie. That's right. Well, here, you know, let's go back to Saul for just a second. Here he is trying to get an answer from God about the things of life that God has created, and he's doing it through the enemy of God, through, mm -hmm. through satanic uh, uh, measures. And what does he expect he's going to get? A lie, a deception, and maybe even oppression. And, and so... You guys that are out there listening, you don't want to be dabbling in this. As I said, God's not trying to keep you from enlightenment or revelation. He's trying to keep you protected from spirits that hate you. Exactly. That's what he's trying to do. It is. And the other thing, the other consequence of this is we can read what Jesus says about doing this. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, he says that when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, uh, because they opened the door to it and, and, and allowed it in in the first place. So the unclean spirit is inside of a person because they allowed it in. But when it goes out of a person, it passes through the spirit realm, seeking another place to reside. Yeah. And when it can't find one, Jesus said, it returns back to its former host, seeing that it's been cleaned. Uh, but it brings seven spirits that are more evil than it was. Yes. And the person is worse off now than before. Right. So that another reason as a believer, don't get caught up in this stuff. Don't do not open these doors mm -hmm. because not only are you inviting uh, a spirit to come in, you may be inviting 
a legion. You just don't know. You you don't know. And, uh, you know, what you're doing is you're dabbling in a world that you think you have control in, but you have no control in that world. And you're not the power. When you're dabbling with that, you're not, you're not like the strong one dabbling with the weak. Right. Exactly. You're the weaker one dabbling with that, which is stronger than you. Mm -hmm. And, and so you don't have any control. I mean, over the outcome of that. And the point I think that needs to be made is, is you lose the authority that Jesus gave you. Mm-hmm. You give that authority up when you start dabbling in that stuff. So that's what we mean by now you're the weak one dabbling with the strong man because you gave up uh, the authority and the power that Jesus gave us. Um, when you willingly give that up, don't think that he's going to be there with you as you're dabbling in this stuff to, to pull you out of the fire. The only way to get that door closed would be to call upon his name, but not just call upon his name and not just believe in him because even the demons believe in him, but you have to obey his instruction. You have to, you have to do what he says. Yeah. Remember you, you give permission. Although God is all powerful, Mm -hmm. you give him permission through your free will to come into your life and take control. Well, you can do that in the dark side too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you yeah, can, can give permission through c- trying to communicate with these things or whatever, and 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 invite those things in to begin to operate in your life. And once they come in, you know what they're going to try to do? They're going to start trying to take control. They are. And so, how how do we open these doors? Uh, I mean, I think believers. Uh, especially believers need to to be aware of how these doors are open. And the, the Bible clearly says not to seek after mediums, not to seek after necromancers or spiritists or spirit guides. Mm-hmm. That means palm readers, tarot readers, anybody that practices divination, anybody that tries to give you information apart from God. Um, so that could be the prophetic being used uh for the, the kingdom of darkness, it could be, um, you know, you go to the horoscopes and you start trying to figure out your future from a horoscope, through reading uh, the stars, through yeah. reading the stars instead of going to God. The, all that is covered as divination, and, and all that's prohibited for your protection, for your spiritual protection. Uh, again, I, and I agree with with you, Pastor Parky, that it, it's not God is not trying to be a buzzkill. Um, he's not trying to, to rain on your party. He's trying to protect you from torment. Mm-hmm. Uh, because once these things come in, um, let me tell you something. It is, I mean, it is, is very, very, um, I have, there's not even a word I can use to describe it. Cause I think you, you touched on it, that you've been there, you've dabbled in this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I dabbled in it too at one point. And I can tell you that once you touch the darkness, and it touches you back, you'll never forget it. Yes. Um, and that's a decision that you've got to make right then. Is that what you want? Because um, if it is, it will take you and swallow you whole. But if not, then you better get out of it and you better stay out of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, not only will you never forget it, but outside of having a greater power than that dark side come in, which is the only power that's greater is is Jesus come in and drive that out it's going to continue to operate right around in your life in some form or fashion and here's the other thing too you won't get away from it you will not 
and here's the thing that's really the most, this should be the most disturbing part, is that familiar spirits, uh, the demonic spirits, these ghosts or apparitions, uh, they are incompatible with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, and that's living within a believer. And what that's what this means is you can have one or the other, but both are not going to be able to live in the same vessel. That's what the Scripture says. And so as a believer, if you open yourself up to the demonic realm through these ghosts and apparitions, and maybe you watch paranormal activity, or maybe you're into ghost hunting or one of those, and you think, well, I'm strong enough. Um, number one, you're violating the prohibition against doing these things, which means you're creating an obstacle, a spiritual obstacle between you and the Lord. And once you do that, then then these spirits are incompatible with the Holy Spirit living within you. And <laughs> when you open yourself up to this, you can't expect the Holy Spirit to hang around um, while you're engaged in this type of rebellion yes. uh, against the Lord. So what about uh, unintentional choices that believers make? What are unintentional choices that we make that opens these doors because there's you know paul talks about everything being permissible for believers who are strong in their faith however he goes on to say that not everything is beneficial not everything's beneficial Mm -hmm. yeah and we can in the modern world i think let me get your opinion on this i think in the modern world world we can translate this to say things like uh, watching horror movies it's permissible but it's not beneficial well uh no uh you know i love mystery and all of those things as much as the next person but if you want to start feeding fear into your into your emotions and into your life then then start sowing fear in there right. uh, open the door to fear just to come in and uh, and it will come in and like you said it will start changing uh start changing you right in a way that you don't really want it to change you mm-hmm now, I used to watch horror movies, and um, I used to like being frightened. And I think it was because of the adrenaline, you know? Yeah. You sit in the dark it's by cool. yourself at it's night, cool, and, you know? and you watch a bunch of scary movies. To us. But then uh, I started thinking about, well, what was the benefit for doing that? Because Paul says not, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. What was the benefit of doing that? Well, the benefit that I received were nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, not getting enough sleep. Being afraid of every little noise that happens at night. And believe yeah. me, when you're watching those kind of movies, there's a lot of noises that happen at night that you never noticed before. Oh, yeah. And uh, like you, you, you said you dabbled in it. When I was in my young 20s, I worked the graveyard shift. And, and a coworker of mine, we used to mess around with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night I was by myself in the dark room because we were developing film uh, for printing. Uh, for printing presses and i decided oh, let's get this ouija board out let's see if it's real or not because you know at that point i was just like dabbling in. i was like yeah this, this could be real who knows um and when you play with others there's always that question in your mind i don't know if you don't know what a ouija board is i don't want to tell you but it it you people put their fingers on it there's always this question well you know you moved it i know you mm-hmm. did right yeah. you moved it so here i am with the tips of my fingers from both hands on this communicator block basically communicating trying to communicate with the dead and i asked this question because i was stupid and young are you real and are you here and i remember just this this overwhelming sense of fear and dread came over me and i felt this oppressive heavy presence in the room and when i took my hands off the communicator block it moved and i thought i moved it because when i lifted my fingers off you know i must have pushed it uh but when I looked down at the viewing circle, it was over the word yes. Mm. And let me tell you what happened after that. I ran out of that room. 
uh, I got on my knees and I started praying to God and I said, I don't want this. This is not what I want. Um, and I was so sorry for even looking at that stupid game. That game immediately found its way into the dumpster and I purged my, my house, uh, of all this kind of stuff. So that's a lot. That's the last time I intentionally ever messed around with, with the occult. And I'm telling you once, once the darkness grabs you back, once it touches you back, you never forget it. No, you don't. Uh, you know, that's what we underestimate. Uh, you know, we go and we watch all of these movies that portray pure evil, just pure evil. But it's still a movie. You know, I mean, we wonder about it, we think about it, but it's still something on the screen. We're, right. we're still not in contact with that. Mm -hmm. Guys, ladies, when you come in contact with it, really? Oh, boy. I mean, it, it's way worse than any movie you could ever see. Uh, more scary, uh, more oppressive. And I, because like Pastor Paul said, I, you know, I used to dabble a little bit in, the, of, in those things before I knew the Lord. And uh, there's, there's nothing out there on TV that can accurately portray what you're going to feel and what you're going to experience when you come into contact with these things. No, there's not. And so, um, I know, I know the demonic realm is real. Mm -hmm. Um, not just from that experience, but as, as you know, and as some, and some folks know that I was in law enforcement and I remember having to do what's called an emergency mental detention on someone, someone right. that is a harm or a threat to themselves or others. And while we were on the way to the hospital, we'd take them in the back of our patrol cars. And while we're on the way to the hospital, um, she started speaking in a voice that wasn't human. I'm telling you, it was not human. And I'll never forget the sound of it. I was saved by then. Mm -hmm. Thankfully. Um, I knew the Lord then. And, um, she wasn't talking to me in that voice. Mm -hmm. She wasn't. And I don't know, I don't know who she was talking to. Um, but it was eerie. I wasn't, I didn't have any fear over it. I can just tell you that it was an experience that, uh, when you know it, when you see it. And you know what guys, there's another way. I believe that these things can get transferred that we haven't talked about. And you know, there's people out there that don't think anything about about being physical, having sex with someone. Uh, you know, if they find them attractive or whatever, they just say, "Hey, it's just a physical act." But when you come together in a in in a sexual way with somebody else, the Bible tells us that you become one flesh. Mm. And I've seen instances where those spirits, if, if you have sex with somebody that's got a spirit like that, I mean, it can start tormenting the other person. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting too, because I, I, you know, you have to be careful about what's in your house too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you may have folks in your house, you know, you're not the only one living there. You may have older children that are dabbling into this stuff and you just, you don't want that. You don't want there to be any invitation whatsoever, um, for anything, anything of the occult to come into where you are. You know what I mean? You yeah. just got to be careful about who, who you're hanging around with and, you know. You know, I don't try to create legalism and creating anything out that's an extra biblical law or prohibition is creating legalism. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not touched on in the Word of God that said, uh, don't do this. 
But I have watched people's lives. I've not only experienced it myself, but I've watched people's lives down throughout the years as just an observer. And I've seen people uh, dabble in these things and consider them to be unimportant. It's not a big deal. Mm. But I have watched that in some form or fashion in their life, uh, consequences come because of that. Uh, torment or, or lack of fulfillment uh, of, of some things. And so you're right. It's not being legalistic. It's like, and it's not being fear-based. I don't mm-hmm. fear the demonic. Yeah. I used to before I knew God, mm-hmm. after I'd encountered it. Now that I'm a believer, I don't fear the demonic. I understand uh, where the power lies and, and and things of that nature, and what and what boundaries that the, the demonic has in my life. It can't enter my life, can't touch my life. If it comes against me, then I've got more power through the through Jesus. But uh, don't just blow this off, guys. I mean, don't just look at us and go, "Well, there's a couple of you know fuddy duddies, old old fogies talking about this." It's something that really doesn't matter. Uh, that's that that is one of the ways that we can begin to open doors. Is saying, ah, it, it doesn't ma- matter, and uh, it's just for fun. Yeah, it's just for fun. Find something mm-hmm. else for fun. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, something that doesn't scare you in the yeah, middle of the night. Or open a door. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and there are so many more stories that we could tell you, oh, uh, yeah. but we're not here to glorify the demonic realm. Sure. Um, but we're here to tell you that the demonic realm is real, and the spirit realm is real. Uh, we see it in the Bible. It's confirmed for us in the Bible. And, um, you know, we're told there's a prohibition against seeking after those things. And there's a reason for that. It's for our own good. So let, let's leave this topic. Let's leave this topic behind us with a couple of scriptures. Okay. First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 4 through 15. Paul says this about the demonic realm. For even even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. Right. So you may think if you're going to a medium that you're contacting a spirit of of a deceased loved one, you may think that that's who they're trying to contact. But the Bible says that even the servants of Satan can disguise themselves. So don't think for a second they wouldn't disguise themselves as your loved one. Oh, yeah. They, they don't, there's no ethics or morals on that other side. Mm-hmm. So they'll do anything they can to open a door of attachment to you. And, and once again, as we go back and think about the Bible, the only instances we see in the Bible of of somebody who had been die, dead coming back to life, all was generated by God, right. but that was very rare and mm-hmm. only in very specific situations. And so therefore, uh, that's not the norm. It's not the norm of life. So trying to encounter them, well, what I'm really trying to say is this. The dead are not really walking around in disembodied spirits, and you can talk to them if you start communicating with something out there it's not a dead relative no it's it's a it's a demonic spirit right and here's something here's the good news though Uh, in mark chapter 3 verses 13 through 15 it says this 
about the disciples of Jesus. And that's you and I and everyone out there that's listening or watching that is a believer in Christ. It says this, then he, Jesus, went up on the mountain and summoned those who he himself wanted. And they came to him and he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. That's the authority that we have in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we just want to be extremely protective of that authority uh, because ghosts are real uh, as far as familiar spirits. Right. Um, and, and they're not disembodied spirits of humans who have died. So they may be demons in disguise. Well, you but know, know that you have authority. And I can that. hear someone thinking, well, I talked to a spirit one time like this. I talked to one of my relatives and they knew, they knew something that only a relative would know. Well, 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 a demon would know that. You got to remember these demons have been around. Uh, they didn't, they've all, they've existed since God created them. And there are spirits that don't die. They don't die. And they've have, uh, they know history. Yeah. You know, they know history. They can tell you about history and uh, to suck you in. And so don't be deceived by that either. Right. We talked about that this last episode when we were talking um, about Lucifer. And we talked about how uh, the spiritual realm, they actually there are princes or there are kings in the spiritual realm over certain territories in the Bible, like the king of Tyre or Tyre. Mm -hmm. um, and so we know that in the spiritual realm, they have influence over nations. They can influence nations in the, in the way that the, the, that the nations act. They can do that. And that is their number one goal is to influence us in order to divert us and deceive us into thinking that either they're not real. That's one of Satan's greatest, <laughs> greatest tricks mm -hmm. is to have us believe that he's not real, that hell's not real, that heaven's not real. Or they're there to distract us from the truth and to get us off the path, um, get us away from the gate. And so the folks that open themselves up to being used by these familiar spirits, uh, in other words, the mediums and the diviners and, and, and these people that are supposedly in contact, they are enslaved by these spirits. They're slaves to these spirits. They're serving them. It's not the other way around. Demons hate humans. I believe that's that's one reason Lucifer rebelled with the other fallen angels. They they saw how much God loved us, and that one day we would eventually uh, rule. And I don't think they could agree to it. No, I, I think that's a very very good point. Uh, that you know Lucifer uh, pride entered into him, and he had a desire to rule, and so that surely didn't uh, include. Uh, serving man, God, or anyone, uh, you know, and so I agree. I think that I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Well, that's let's just leave this topic behind us. Let's shake the dust off of our feet per se, and count it as a witness uh, against the demonic realm um, that we do have authority in in Christ's name. And so, Pastor Parky, I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for your insight on this topic. Uh, I know it's a one of those fringe elements that we talk about, and we don't have a lot of time to spend on it, but I think it's been very helpful. Um, I feel like that there may be people out there that uh, may have dabbled into into this realm, or they may be there 
watching these types of demonic movies and, and they didn't realize that they're opening themselves up. And so I think it's been very, very helpful. Just want to say, if you're out there and you've encountered this and you're in torment, there is a way out. Yes. Okay. If you, in the New Testament, every time Jesus encountered a demonic spirit, that demonic spirit was, was paralyzed in fear of him. Uh, and it's very easy to see from those scriptures who was in control uh, there and who had the power, and it wasn't the demonic spirit. So if you're being tormented by these things, uh, get in touch with your pastor or, or, or call us, get a hold of us somehow, and uh, we'd, we'd love to pray with you and see you be free of that. Right, and if you haven't anointed your house, um, uh, I know Pastor Parkey would encourage you to do this as well, but anoint your house. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, give us a call, contact mm-hmm. us. You can send us an email at info at capstone.church, and uh, we'll be glad to talk to you about, about this in person one-on-one. Well, that's it. Um, I appreciate you so much. I love you. I love you guys out there, and I really, really wanted to say thank you for watching, for listening, for sharing with your friends and your coworkers and your family. Um, we need to get the word out there. We need to, to make sure that we are tackling these topics that are deceiving many. We don't want to be one of those that are deceived. So stay in the word, right. stay alert, and be not deceived.